What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio.
Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. And we are live, ladies and gentlemen, episode 385, live and living color, getting funky like a monkey, if you will, baby. Oh, yeah. I'm Chris Featherstone, as always, here. Ready to have some fun with the PNP Nation. As always, we've got a lot to talk about. It's going to be really, really fun. Real quick, shout out to uh, Trevor Wesley, uh, who had the beat for last week, the intro beat for last week. And if you're a beat maker, um, if you want to uh, contribute to an intro beat for uh, the Pancakes and Power Slam show, as you know, uh, we have a countdown to the show. Uh, make the beat within five minutes and uh, Email me, and uh, you can direct me, message me on Facebook, or email me, uh, CraveWrestling at gmail.com, CraveWrestling at gmail.com. If you are a beat maker and you're confident in your beat, make it um, chill-like, EDM-like type of beat. 
um, hip hoppy, you know, any any of those type of things. Um, even Rocky, you know, it, it's fine if the beat's dope. I'm I'm a DJ. I'm a Christian DJ, so I, I'm really uh, critical when it comes to good music and good beats. So um, if you want to be a part of the PMP Nation, if you want to be a part of an intro beat, I'll give you a shout out. Um, and uh, if you want to contribute to that. Again, email me at craveresting uh, at gmail.com. If you want to be a part uh, of that and uh, make an intro beat for the show, you will get credit and uh, you will spread out to thousands of people, which uh, this uh, show gets uh, multi, multi thousand uh, people listening per week. Um, so we will do that for you and, uh, and do it well, ladies and gentlemen. So. Um, so we're gonna make it uh like like I said, craverusting at gmail dot com. Uh send a um send an email to me and with a beat and uh you'll get credit for it. Uh Twitter handle or name or whatever if you want to be a part of the intro beat of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. All right, so uh now we are going to go to the interview. What's going on everybody? I see Cody's in the building. As the PNP Nation fills up, we have fun as we always do. We got some SummerSlam discussions, ladies and gentlemen. SummerSlam, and like I like I tweeted uh, a day or two ago, uh, I want to share some unpopular opinions about SummerSlam that uh, people may not agree with, but uh, I'm gonna share my thoughts. It's my show, and I can get to share whatever I want to on my show. And I'm gonna share SummerSlam, my thoughts on SummerSlam. May not be um, the most popular thoughts about it, but uh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to discuss it. Lots of trivia tonight, if I remember. I hope I remember. I got a lot of trivia written down for you all. Uh, Hopefully I remember, you know, how we get so much into it and so much talking and some good discussions that I only get like one or two trivia questions out. Uh, But hopefully I can get some more trivia in for you all because I know you all like trivia. Of course, ask Chris questions. You know, I like the randoms. We're going to be uh, doing that. And uh, we're going to uh, talk about some some interesting headlines. For the week, this week is going to be, uh, we're going to review the Night of Champions. So, uh, Night of Champions is, a, well, Class of Champions, used to be Night of Champions. Class of Champions is going to be the new, uh, the next pay-per-view. Uh, we're going to talk about Night of Champions 2007 to 2013. So, lots of fun, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, without further ado, let's get into this George South interview now. For for all the old school hits like me, you know who George South is. He was uh, he was known more in WWE and NWA as an enhancement talent. Uh, Ric Flair actually said his uh, Ric Flair has actually said, stated on the record many times that George South is one of his favorite opponents to compete against. Uh, George South has a, a training school. He's been in the business for forty years. Uh, he's trained some uh, some some notable names. Um, and he he talks about all that. Uh, you know how I am with uh, grabbing some legend, some 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 uh, some old school names to to share some good road stories. This is actually a two part interview because we talked for almost an hour, uh, so I broke it down. Uh, half of that we're gonna uh, you're gonna listen to tonight. And he really, I mean, this is this was undoubtedly one of my favorite interviews of all time on the show, and I've interviewed. Close to 200 people now, maybe even over 200, but close to 200 people. Um, and 
this was one of my favorite interviews of all time. He shared some really cool road stories. He shared some stuff about Sting. He shared some stuff about uh, Ted DiBiase. He shared some stuff about Hulk Hogan. Uh, really, really cool stuff. And so, um, yeah, we had an awesome, awesome discussion. So check it out. Here we go. We're going to listen to it and then come back and have some fun. We'll see you on the other side. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Chris Featherstone, of course, the Pancakes and Power Slam show. I'm really honored uh, to be interviewing this person uh, today. You know, it's interesting. I've said this many times on my show before, uh, how uh, I have conversations with wrestlers before I, uh, I interview them. And uh, I have an interview on my show every week. And this one here is, uh, it, it hits close to home because it's it's one thing just as a journalist to interview someone, but it's another thing to interview someone who shares uh, uh, the same values, uh, the uh, faith-based values as you do uh, that you can, uh, you know, you can relate to and have conversations outside of wrestling. And this person has a very interesting and I think fantastic model that I'm a Christian before I'm a wrestler. Uh, and I think I agree with that. Right. <laughs> it falls in line with uh, with, with the Bible, with, what the Bible says, uh, as far as everything you do, do it, you know, do it unto the Lord. So, uh, this person is uh, 40, right. about forty years in the business. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I want to present to you the George South, Mister Number One, George South. How are you tonight, sir? Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate it, buddy. I, I'm very excited about being with you today, and uh, buddy, I love your introduction. That's that's you got it right. I I love the Lord with with you know just about well everything I've got, and He's just uh, changed my life. And you know, for years, Chris, people have said that you can't be not just a pro wrestler, but you really can't be an athlete and and you know serve the Lord. And I just go do it. You know, I, I don't argue with them. I don't. You know, try to beat them over the head with a Bible. I just, I just go do uh, everything I do. I want to serve Jesus, and uh, He's blessed me. Uh, you know, with an unbelievable career. And uh, my testimony is, there's no other way that I should still be doing this. Mm. You know, um, soon to be 60 years old next month, and and God is good. I, uh, you know, my body's still in great shape, and because you know, I took some beatings over the years, oh, buddy. Yeah. Let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> But the Lord is good, and and I just you know I, I tell folks if if I happen to be cutting grass for a living, I better be telling people about the Lord. Oh and, yeah, uh, that's how I feel about it. He's gave me a, a unbelievable you know a stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my preacher says it best. He says, you know, I can knock on somebody's door and inv- and try to get in, and they won't let me in. I can call them, they won't answer. But if I tell them I'm bringing a pro wrestler. He said, "The front door's open. You know, they got a they got a glass of milk and a piece of cake on the table, and you know, it's just something about professional wrestling that yeah. gets everybody interested." Yes, um, so I'm, it's opened up a lot of doors for me. And yeah, I've never heard of that uh, before. I've never heard of that saying before, but I think that is so true. <laughs> that is that is so true. If you bring if you bring a pro wrestler with you. 
Uh, they want to hear what you got to say. So I think Ain't that, that amazing? <laughs> it is amazing. Buddy, they'll, 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 have a, they'll have a ceiling fan going, a nice right. glass of tea, and, right. and they wel- they welcome you in the driveway. But, you yeah. know, he preacher says, if I say I'm coming, they won't even answer the door. Right, right. Uh, so it's just amazing. Uh, <laughs> I just so want to use, you know, everything that the Lord's given me. Yep, absolutely. But great career, Chris. I've been all over the world and, you know, been in the ring with some of the best of them and, uh, you know, one of my my, my greatest uh, um, accomplishments, I think, is uh, not only accepting the Lord, but you know, when Ric Flair and and Ricky Steamboat and and Bobby Eaton, these legends that I have looked up to, when they bring their son, mm-hmm. you know, to you and say, "Here, train him," uh, you know, you either <laughs> you better know what you're doing. Oh yeah. And so that's probably one of the greatest accomplishments for me is for them to trust me you know, with, with their sons. And Tully Blanchard, you know, with training Tessa, who's just unbelievable, you know, Tessa Blanchard. So mm-hmm. so those little things that a lot of the wrestling fans may not understand, you know, it ain't like uh, there had to be a lot of trust there for oh, them yeah. to give me, you know, their son and daughters. And, and yeah. so stuff like that, it can only be, uh, you know, God, uh, uh, Chris, because I've never been under contract. You know, nowadays everybody, uh, you know, is under contract. Mm-hmm. And, of course, all through my career, uh, even with, you know, Jim Crockett Promotions, WCW, Smoky Mountain, even in WWF, uh, even when I worked for Bill Watts, there was no such thing as contracts. Mm-hmm. And uh, you really went out there and really, really worked hard, and, and you were paid, of course, by the crowd. And so how I have raised a family and, uh, you know, bought a nice home and uh, still able to pay my bills, uh, it can only be God. Oh, because yeah. there's no way on paper that, that there's a reason I should still be doing this. Yep. And and I, I you know, and I'm quick to tell people that. I I, I just spoke at a I spoke at a church Sunday and they said, Well, you know, you talked all day but you didn't say nothing about wrestling. I said, Oh man, I forgot. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh you know what you brought you brought up a really, really good point as far as contracts. Now, I understand that you know, nowadays is it important to get guaranteed contracts and stuff like that based on, you know, the past right. 20 years and, you know, just to have more stability in the in the game and have downsides and stuff like that right. for, you know, people like you who paved the way as far as being, um, you know, talent to make people look good. Um, but I think, right. I think you also brought a really good point, though, as far as not having, you know, you having a 40-plus year career with having no contract – I want to ask you this, because it made me, what you just said just kind of sparked the question in my mind. Do you think that perhaps um, having the downsides, having a guaranteed contracts has made the pro wrestling business lazier? Because a lot of people, you know, in your day, you know, in, in, in the 80s, they didn't have contracts, so they had to really bust their butt and really market themselves Right. Uh, to to you know to the next town and and they were the top exactly. of the line. I have to market myself. I have to make this money. But when I, I've been watching wrestling since the mid '80s, and what I've realized over the past three decades right. is that with the guaranteed contracts, people have gotten lazier. What, what do you feel about that? I agree. No, I, Chris, you took the words right out of my mouth, and and I, I totally agree with that. I when there was no contract, see we. We depended on the people to come back. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, you know, of course we had little TV shows locally or whatever, but when you came to the arena to see us, 
See, we went out there from the first match to the main event, and we really gave it everything I've got because we needed you to come back. Yes. Uh, the thing that the fans don't realize is, especially in the Charlotte Jim Brockett uh, territory, you know, where we wrestled seven days a week and, you know, twice on Sunday, the towns were maybe 100, 200 miles apart, but mm-hmm. the fans, they would travel. I mean, they wasn't like, you know, we didn't have the Carolina Panthers back then or, or a baseball team or right. even basketball, but pro wrestling was what people, they would travel. So uh, I tell my wrestling students about it. If I had to wrestle Denny Brown five days in a row, uh, we couldn't do the exact same match mm-hmm. five days in a row like you see with a lot of guys now. Uh, it just blows my mind. That's and really and we had to go out there because they're, the same people got in the car and they traveled mm-hmm. and they would go to the Spartanburgs and the Charlotte and the Greensboro's. And so, but we depended on, uh, you know, what we used to do. We used to, I, they don't, I don't even know if they have booking sheets anymore, Chris, but we used to get a booking sheet uh, in Jim Crockett's office on a Monday and it would have the towns for that week. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, you know, they'd list the town and the times you're supposed to be, and then they'd list the, mat, the guys, the talent, but I remember what we used to do is I wouldn't really look for my name. I would look for the main event <laughs> because, you know, if it was Flair against Dusty, you knew everybody on that card was going to make money yeah. because we were paid from the crowd. Mm-hmm. And um, you got a percentage from 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 the crowd. And a lot of people, a lot of wrestling fans don't understand that. And, and I guys work hard now. Don't get me wrong. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I had uh, lunch a few months back with Kane and uh, we were, we were just kind of talking about the business and I was joking and I said, you know, Kane, I wish I was in charge. I said, I put, I put the guys back to traveling and working, you know, seven days a week. <laughs> that big old man looked over at me and he said, and he was joking. He said, we don't want to wrestle seven days a week, you know, and he made a good point, Chris, because they're making 10 times as much money as we made. Oh, yeah. And and now they work hard. I mean, a, a lot of it's traveling and stuff like that. But there's a big difference when, and I would be that way. If my if I knew my check was in, already in the mailbox, yeah, I may go out there and work hard. But, see, I've done got my money in my my in my mailbox, Chris, if that makes sense, buddy. And, and I'm not saying we don't work hard, but. It, it, it changes it, a game plan. I, I, I relate everything to wrestling. You know, I'm a big Dallas Cowboy fan, and I just saw where we offered our quarterback, you know, $30 million a year. Mm. Now, coming from an old wrestler, uh, Chris, that's a, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Buddy, definitely. let me tell you. And he, tur- and he turned it down. Wow. And I'm thinking, buddy, if he would have traveled the roads with me <laughs> when I first started and having to – Lord, I mean, you hear about the bologna blowouts where you just got a loaf of bread and a pack of bologna, and that had to last you all week. Mm-hmm. But, but Chris, I, I said all that to say I wouldn't trade any of that. Yeah. Because I think pro wrestling should be like a college course, Chris, because even if you don't make it in wrestling, it will get you ready. <laughs> oh, yeah. It will get you ready for life. It sure will. Buddy. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Because yes. a lot of people understand, like people like The Rock, for instance. Like, he, he is very, very vocal to uh, to credit wrestling for his uh, his successful acting career. You know, and I think that you know right. pro wrestling can really transcend into many different types of markets. Like if, you know, for instance... If someone want, I, 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 like I said, I interview wrestlers 
every I've interviewed, you know, about 200 wrestlers now, you know, big name wrestlers. Right. And you know, I've known I know people now who use their pro wrestling career to become successful uh real estate agents. And you know they understand exactly. how to sell. You know they understand the gift of gab. They, that's the reason why promos are so important. You know what I mean? Because if someone wants to right. endeavor in a career yeah. outside of WWE, if they or pro wrestling, or you know if they wrestled for twenty years and they just want to do a you know change a career, if they you right. know, if someone like right. a, someone like a car salesman, a successful car salesman, I, I know people who become you know successful. Uh, um, uh, trainers, personal trainers, and and, and fitness coaches, uh, right. because they know how to sell people, and 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 wrestling exactly. is what helps that. You know, it, it really helps that type it of. Sure does. Yeah, it, you you require that type of talent to really transcend into many other careers, and so you're so right on about that. I, I agree well, with you. You know, well, you know, Chris, when my kids were little, they used to love for somebody to come to the door, and and I know a lot of the the younger fans won't. Don't, won't realize what I'm talking about, but they used to be like, you know, salesmen. They would come to your door and they'd try to sell you a vacuum cleaner. They'd try to clean your carpet, you know. They, and they, but my kids, when they were little, they used to love for one of them to come to our door because I would end up selling them something, you know. <laughs> it's just, you know, all all those years of pro wrestling. Yeah. But it used to be a challenge for me that that I, I don't care if it was an autographed picture of myself or one of my old T-shirts or, but it, it was fun. We made it a game to where. If my young kids saw them coming in the driveway, they would get excited because they knew this was going to be a contest. Mm-hmm. And so someone would come to my door, you know, wanting to cut my grass or clean the driveway, and I'd end up selling them, you know, one of my books or a T-shirt or, <laughs> or not yeah. a great picture okay. before they even realized it, you know. And it's it's all from that, uh, like you said, just being around uh, when, uh, when my oldest son uh, George Jr. He's thirty now, but when he was like ten and eleven, I would I would take him every summer, Chris, on the road with me. I mean, I'd have him setting uh, selling tickets. He'd help me set the ring up for a whole summer, and it was always funny because after summer was over, he had to go back to regular school. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know, for years, I would get notes sent home from the teachers saying, "You know, your son won't sit still. You know, your son. You know, it'd take a good three months to get him back in the swing." Because what is some school teacher going to tell my son when he just went to the ring with, you know, Wahoo McDaniels, you know, <laughs> or sit on Sting's lap and helped him paint his face, and all wow. of a sudden, you know, so I had to kind of, you know, give him that old pep talk before he went back to regular school that, yeah. okay, this ain't pro wrestling, but you still got to listen. And it was almost like coming off of a roller coaster for yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, and so even now, he, he credits to – uh, his job and being able to know people and put numbers together because of all those years on the road. <laughs> right. You know, I tell everybody, you got everybody should set up a wrestling ring, Chris, one time. Yeah. I mean, just set one up and you realize, whoa, wait a minute. And then you'll have a whole new respect, not just for the guys that are in it, but what goes into putting one up. Oh, and yeah. uh, I just tried never to forget all that. You know, I, I and I love that part of it, Chris. I, I You know, I tell my students, because these young kids that I got in my school, when I tell them to come and help me set up the ring, they almost act like it's a chore. It's almost like I'm punishing them, you know, and trying to instill in them that this is the fun part. This is yeah. where you learn. Yeah. You know, this is all part of it. And uh, and I, I would try. I mean, I I love it. I you know, me and Al Snow always joke with each other that you know I'm not retiring until he does. 
and he looks so good now and in such great shape. I don't think he's ever going to retire, so I can't either. So we got we got to go out as a package deal, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. You mentioned putting up together a ring, and I um, I watched the Without the Mat uh, documentary you had a few years back, and uh, that was a really interesting situation. For those who haven't watched it, go watch. Uh, it's called Without the Mat. It's with uh, George South. He was uh, right. promoting an event and actually featured uh, WWE star Cedric Alexander right now. And a former TNA, I sure did. Uh, I sure did. Yeah, former TNA star uh, Caleb Conley was there as well. Um, right. And, and uh, so uh, it was. It was really interesting because um, uh, basically what happened was the ring was not able to come uh, to the area. Right. The ring truck broke down. It sure yeah, did. Broke down, yep. and so they had to kind of tarp off a square area with like uh, a, a rope with flags on it and they had to yeah. improvise <laughs> it was really interesting they had to improvise every match without doing any iris whips yeah and really uh not right. hitting the ropes the whole time and that it was really <laughs> and one and one of them was just about to enter college and that was his first match, right? And and you really, it I mean, sure like, what a way to be introduced into the pro wrestling business that yeah. you have to and, improvise. And you know, Chris, what was amazing? Uh-huh. What's that? Yeah, is you know, we had they bust in two hundred kids. The mm-hmm. the, the uh, they bust in two hundred kids, and the yeah. whole the whole thing was they got book bags. It's a big back to school bag. Yep, and, a giveaway. But we yeah. couldn't give the book bags out till we wrestled. Yeah, and we got there. The ring truck broke down and. You know, you got 200 kids that are wanting to see some wrestling. And if you go back and watch that video, they didn't even realize there wasn't even a ring. They had the time oh, of their life. So I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to tell 200 kids, yeah. you know, I'm sorry, and you don't get a book bag? Right. But uh, the thing that a lot of the fans didn't see with that is what was amazing is I got there. I went and tried to get the truck running. It didn't work. But, Chris, uh, uh, what made me so proud is when I got to that, that, that building, that church, my students, my guys like Caleb and Cedric, they were already dressed. Mm-hmm. In other words, they already had their gear on. And that, that almost made me cry because they knew we wasn't going to cancel this thing. If there was a way that, you know, hard-headed George was going to pull this off, we're going to do it. So it ain't like they were packing their bags and it was a, you know, a wall black cloud over it saying what's going to happen. They knew we were going to do something. <laughs> they knew we were going to do something. Yeah. And but you know what's great is is Chris. And to close out that little story is to this day I have met some of those children that are that are older now. Some of them's in school, and of course they're driving and they remember wow. that day that we come over there. And wow. so that's pretty cool to run into one of them kids nowadays. And they, they Cedric said down at WWE the guys still talk about that. <laughs> oh really? Nice. He said when he got down to WWE his first week, he said that's what all the guys wanted to talk about. <laughs> you know, was yeah. without the mat. So Caprice Coleman was cool. there too, right? But the sh- yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, Caprice was there. And, and what's funny, the the Darius Lockhart, the one that you mentioned that was just going into college, mm-hmm. uh, he's doing so good now uh, with his career, but. Nice. He kind of – that was his – basically his first match was when – and Cedric Pyre slammed him right there on the ground. Yep, yep. That's, I mean – And they took those back bumps, <laughs> too. Oh, that, yeah, I, I, and they took those back bumps because uh, I remember the uh, – I watched the match, and they were just kind of like, 
you know, kind of calling a move, like, you're going to do it, you're going to do it. You know, like, I, I, I know the ins and outs of wrestling yeah. now as far as calling moves, but and, and, uh, you, I mean, they didn't know, you know, watching, right. you know, the kids didn't know. But I was right. just looking at the match, like, I bet you, like, right now, they're like, okay, well, you got we got to make this very, <laughs> very clear that we're about to suplex right now. We're calling this move because this could be a, yeah. <laughs> a, a make-or-break situation <laughs> right here. And uh, it was a successful. Well, they, all, they all knew I was nuts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't realize we were going to do that. But we pulled yeah. it off, buddy. Because Lockhart ended up doing the suplex, which was uh, on on, on uh, yeah. Cedric, and then, like you said, it ended with the the snap uh, power slam uh, with with uh, Cedric winning. Yes. Yeah. So that was that was really interesting, man. I watched that. and I was like, you know what? I I appreciate this because I mean, this is as on the fly as you could possibly get. I mean, and and it just goes to show, you know what I mean? And it just goes to show how people love the business. They love the wrestling business because it's about that's entertaining right. the fans. And that's what that's what it's all about. That's right. You know, and I think you guys did a really good job. Well, you know, I knew when, uh, well, Chris, you know, I knew when Cedric, you know, had that opportunity to go to WWE. See, a lot of fans have forgot that the match that got him a contract, that got him signed, he lost. Mm. In other words, that 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 cruiserweight match, he lost. Yep. He didn't win that match. Right. So that show, and I'm glad that that's the way uh, you know the Lord wrote this in His story because if he'd have won, it would have been yeah, of course he won. He's supposed to get a contract, but see, he lost, but he made such an impact. Yep, the fans and such him. an impression. Yep. Uh, yep. Y- exactly. And, and you know, right after that, Chris, he sent me a picture of WWE's ring truck. And I don't know if the fans have ever seen, like, their ring trucks, but it's it's amazing. I mean, they've got these big tractor trailers, and, uh, and of course, Cedric's picture was on the side of that truck. And he's smiling, and, and nice. he sent me a picture of that. And I'm going to tell you, as a trainer and as a friend, that blessed my heart more than you know, any contract that he could ever get, Chris, because he I knew the day he walked into my school, he had never been in a ring, and he just worked hard. And so for me to just see that it paid off mm-hmm. and to see his, you know, I used to joke with him, Chris. I said, you know, Cedric, you're on SmackDown, you're on Raw, and all that's important, but until I can walk in Walmart and see your action figure, to me, yeah. you ain't really made it. <laughs> yeah. So you, a couple of weeks ago, he sent me a picture. You know, they've got his action figure out now. So uh, he sent me a picture of it, and he said, so I guess I finally made it. And I said, yeah, you have. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, see, I, and, I, and I love stories like that as far as just really appreciating, you know, uh, humble beginnings, you know, not despising the day of small beginnings. Is the That's Bible right. Say. You know, and, and I think that, I think when you realize, when you look at stuff like that and you're grateful for every opportunity you have, when you reach, you know, higher points, you're grateful for where you are right now because you are grateful. You for sure that. are. You know what I mean? So, and that's what I... Well, you know, I tell everybody, they, they said, I had a guy ask me, I did a radio last week, and they said, well, why is Cedric always smiling? Because they think it's like WWE that makes him smile. And I said, no, it's very important, him working for WWE, but... If when if he came back home today and had to get a real job, Cedric would still have that smile on his face, Chris, mm-hmm. because he's got a foundation that of hard work and and he loves the Lord and he's came so far. Yeah, he, he he's not there yet and he's still learning every day. But uh, you know, wrestling fans, it's hard to get him to see that his focus 
Cedric's focus, of course, it's on WWE. That's his job. You know, he told me something the other day, Chris, I'd never thought about in all my years. He said, just getting to WWE ain't the hard part. you got to stay there. Yes. And, you know, I never thought about that, Chris. You know what I'm saying? You see these, you know, all my students, everybody I know wants to go to WWE. And I don't blame them, but Cedric said, it ain't just getting here. Once you get here, you got to stay on top. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to stay here. You know, they, and so you're talking about the pressure. Uh, you know, I know with Tessa, uh, the most amazing thing about me is being a trainer, Chris, when I, when I, when I meet these uh, children of these legends or whatever, it's amazing how wrestling fans think that their dads trained them. And they don't realize that even with Ric Flair's son and Tully's daughter, Tessa, they had never been in the ring. Mm-hmm. Never. And because their dads were working, you know, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And so they came in. I remember when Tessa first started, I used to almost get in a fist fight with people because they thought that she was gaining uh, popularity and getting shows because of her name. And I, they used to make me so mad, Chris, because I saw those late night training sessions with Tessa, you know, where nobody cares who her name is. You know, and, 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 and that ring doesn't care what your name is. Yeah. I mean, it hurts no matter who you are. Yep. And so it, it settled down a lot over the years, but in the beginning, everybody thought, yeah, she's just another Blanchard. She's going to, you know, she's going to do this and do that. And that used to make me so mad because they were not, they didn't get to, they didn't see the hard part of, uh, you know, those late nights when I wouldn't let her quit and just how hard it's been. And to me, uh, it's harder on these second generation yes, uh, kids yes, because everybody that. expects you to be just like exactly. You know, they expect yep. you to be just like your dad. Yep. And it really ain't fair uh, mm-hmm. uh, at all. And they don't really have a chance. See, Chris, in my day, and I know you remember this, the the, the wrestling fans won't, but in my day, if you was uh, if your dad was a wrestler and you wanted to be a wrestler, we would put a mask on you, mm-hmm. and we would make up a name, and we would just let you travel with us. And you would wrestle first match, maybe second match. You'd get on TV a little bit. But you had this mask on where nobody knew who you were. There was, of course, no Internet or anything like that. But it really helped you because you had a chance to have fun. Mm-hmm. You had a chance to, uh, you know, laugh. I remember Rick Flair's son, David, if you can remember, when he first started, they sent him. I had him for about two months training. And the next thing I know, they sent him to Atlanta, which I knew was not a good ideal, and then they put the U.S. heavyweight belt on. Yep, I remember that. And I'm thinking, hold on. On here, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a little too fast. Yeah. And, uh, and and they just don't have a chance. I remember uh, Mark Merrow told me, Johnny B. Bad, who's a good friend of mine, he told me that when Dusty and him, and I was in WCW when they first saw him, and he had such a good look, and he had never even been in the wrestling business, if you can believe it, Chris, and they – Come up with this idea. I remember Dusty said, you look like a little Richard, which he did. Next thing I know, here's Johnny B. Bad, Mark Marrow, uh, on TV as Johnny B. Bad with this flashy outfit. And uh, he, But he always said that he wished he would have had time, you know, to learn. Because, you know, he looked great coming out, but when he shot that confetti and the bell rung, uh-oh, you know, you got to know a little bit oh, of yeah. what you're doing. Definitely. And you know, I don't blame him. I mean, who wouldn't have turned down? I mean, you know, when you when you ain't making much money and they put a contract, I remember I took uh, Henry Godwin of the Godwins from WWF. I took him to uh, 
Atlanta. His name's Mark Canterbury, big, huge guy. And uh, he, he, he had wrestled some independent shows, and I had trained him, but he had never been on TV. And when he first went to WCW with me, they loved him because he was big and he had this big look and he could, he, he could wrestle a little bit. But I remember when, when they offered him a contract, uh, Chris, he sat down right then and signed it. And he gave it right back. And I remember Dusty said, Kid, don't you want to go read this? And right. Mark said, Listen, I don't even have a job, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't need to read it. Right. And so it was kind of neat to see that I don't need no lawyer to look at this. Yeah. I mean, I'm unemployed right now, you know? Wow. Yeah, and so he signed it. I always laugh about that. He signed it and gave it right back. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> again, being grateful for, uh, you know, what that's, you that's, get. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed uh, part one of the George South interview. Really, really good, cool stuff, man. He even he even gets better uh, on the part two. He, he really starts sharing, really start digging deeper into uh, some really good stories about certain people. Uh, he was talking about Canterbury, um, Henry Godwin uh, there. But, uh, yeah, he, he gets into some really good stuff uh, about other people, too. Um, good conversations, guys, about um, – about uh like second generation wrestlers and so um all right without further ado ladies and gentlemen uh we're gonna talk about some SummerSlam. uh rob is asking who's attacking roman my money on it is on it turning out to be harper and a surprise bischoff twist hmm interesting harper is a good name i like harper well that's a really good i think that's good i think that's a good way to kind of give Roman a, a filler feud in a bit. Um, yeah, I like I like Harper. The only thing is, the only thing is I want Harper to be a face, though. I want him to go, to, like, I, I want Harper to be one of the big, like, one of the big names on NXT or something like that, because I don't see, like, if, if they do that, I don't see a really good end game. You know, I see Harper... <sighs> Yeah, he, he, him just being like a casualty again. Like Roman Reigns will beat him. He'll have a few weeks of being important, and then he'll start jobbing out again. So it sounds cool, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not quite sure, honestly. I think. Mm, yeah, I'm not too. Uh, I'm not too sold on it. The only thing is that. Um, it sounds it sounds cool initially, but the more you think about, it, the more you you know it's like Rowan won't he won't <laughs> have any success after after that, unfortunately. Um, some another some cool ask Chris questions, cool ask Chris questions coming coming in. Uh, Eli's asking, uh, how do you feel about King of the Ring coming back, and which wrestler do you want to win and help Apollo Cruz win? That? <laughs> Apollo Cruz would be awesome. Uh, but I don't. That's not going to happen though. <clears throat> um, Drew McIntyre is who I think is going to win it. Um, and I love I love it coming back. I was thinking like, do I want it as a, a Raw special and a SmackDown special? Do I want it as a pay per view? So there's talks that it's going to be the pay-per-view finals is going to be at uh, at a class of champions. So I don't know. I, I just I just miss the King of the Ring pay-per-view though. So 
I just I missed that. But yeah, I can see Drew winning it. Um, Cody's asking, what do you think about Sasha returning and her being a heel? Uh, you know, I, really, I mean, I, I, I watched that on Raw. You know, people reacted to it positively. But I was looking at it, I was like, you know what, man, I, I'm not really feeling this. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. But it's not all that. Like, it's not, you know, I didn't get like, oh, my gosh, Sasha's back. And, you know, I I was thinking about that, too. And I was like, you know what? Tony Atlas, I remember, you know, Tony Atlas talked about this earlier, uh, a few months ago, a couple months ago. And he brought up a really, really good point. You know, he's like, you know what? I, he, he hated the fact that Sasha did this. And as a matter of fact, I, I wrote about it. I'm going to try to find a quote on it. Um, Sasha Bank. Sasha Bank. Um, I'm gonna write. I'm gonna gonna get a direct quote. All right. Yeah. He says. um, So he thought that she was. She thought this. He thought that she was done. And obviously, they're not. Uh, They thought he thought that they're gonna fire her at home, and job her out. Um, But. He said she lost reliability because what she just told them, you can't trust me. That's all she did. She let the wrestling world down. And not just the wrestling world. Everybody who was affiliated with the WWE is looking at it the same way. And he also said WWE don't need Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks need WWE. And Banks will find herself going lower and lower on a totem pole. Um, he also believes that every woman in the WWE celebrated when the word got out that she quit because somebody had another spot. Um Let's see. Uh, all right, yeah, this is what I wanted to the the the, the part of the, the the interview that he had. She made the biggest mistake of wrestling career. They would never push her like that again. Um, he he believes that uh, anyone who leaves the, leaves WWE after using the company to gain popularity is working their way down instead of up. Um. He said that Vince would make it hard on Banks and use her example to the other woman. And he also talked about like he doesn't he thinks it's a terrible idea to like he doesn't think that that's a good look. Um, he said that he said that he don't think it's a good look that WWE would push her after you know she came back from this because he was like, well, you know, everybody else could do this, and he may and that's a really good point. He's like, well, everybody else could do that then. If Sasha Banks comes back saying that she wanted to quit, comes back, and she gets pushed, he said, okay, now you, I'm paraphrasing, you know, he said, okay, now you open the floodgates for anybody else to do that. So if, if someone else want to, when they push, they're going to be like, oh, I want to quit. You know what I mean? Like, and, and he's got a point. He, he's really got a point. I mean, you kind of, you kind of have your own leverage when it comes to getting pushed in the WWE by just saying, I want to quit now, you know? So I don't like, uh, you know, I didn't like that. Um, you know, you just kind of have to people, every single legend, every single legend in the, in the pro wrestling period had a 
kind of a lull moment, you know, uh, in their career. I mean, Hulk Hogan was Mr. America for crying out loud. And so, you know, you don't always get what you want in, in the pro wrestling business. And sometimes you're just going to have to wait for the, for the opportunity again. Um, so, you know, I, I do understand that Sasha Banks was, uh, was upset. Um, you know, they, they were, they were misusing her. That's, that's for sure. Absolutely. Um, they were misusing her for sure. But, you know, I think that the way that she handled it was, um, it wasn't a really good look for for everybody else that could be looking at her, looking up at her in the in the locker room, and again, it gives people the the notion of hey, I'm upset, so I'm gonna I want to leave too, I want to quit too, so you know it's uh not the best way to handle it. Um, some really good ask Chris questions. Let's see. Okay, Eli, with the storyline, I think it's going to be twisted because I see they turn Roman Wayne Teal. It kind of reminds me of who attacked Big Cass and Cass beat up Enzo. Same with Buddy and Rowan. Uh, no, I don't, I, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn Roman Reigns Teal. They, they first of all, WWE wants a big star for the Fox move. Second of all, they've already got enough heels and they're just misusing them. Um, and then you, and then most most importantly, you finally. After five years of <laughs> booing Roman Reigns, which I've been defending Roman Reigns for five years now, uh, finally, they he's like a super babyface now. Like, he's getting cheered everywhere now, which I absolutely love, and he deserves it because he's a really good worker. We saw that with Buddy Murphy. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you, you got to keep – finally, after five years, he has, like – Resounding baby face pops, and so uh, Evan Tech Proud. He is a uh, he is uh, he is ill. Unfortunately, he wanted to come on the show, of course, co-host with the most. So he messaged me, and he says uh, a couple notes. Uh, WWE edited out Bray Bray's lantern on YouTube. Uh, we, yeah, that's that's something that um, been has been talked about. Um, Recently, that they edited edited out the, the whole lantern part. Bray actually kept it under a bag the whole night till he came out. And he also said uh, a couple more uh, news bits. Um, WWE canceled live Raw events due to Vince reworking the schedule of Fox. And his SummerSlam rating was C minus. Uh, Raw was C plus, and SmackDown was C. Yeah, I agree with uh, SummerSlam. Um, like I said, there's some some unpopular opinions that I want to discuss when it comes to SummerSlam, and so let's just get right into it. Um, Gulak and uh, Lorkin was really good. Murphy and Cruz was okay. Uh, what's going on, uh, everybody? What's going on, Michael? Let me let me see let's see if there's any ask Chris questions real quick before I tackle the Summer Fest. You guys talking about Big E in the chat room speaking out against Donald Trump in spite of WWE's pro-Trump Trump agenda. Um, what's up, Michael? Yeah, you're right, Jim. So you can't go anywhere and make the same money. Especially, I mean, you know, you're, you're kind of getting like like Luke Harper. You're getting paid to sit around. I mean, I understand that you, if you love the business, you love the business. I mean, Rhino was offered you know, a, a, a 
much more than his previous contract, and he still rejected it because he wanted to compete. And I can understand that, too. Um, let me go through SmackDown. I liked Edge. I like uh, the Edge on the pre-show. I think it brought a. I think it brought a spark to the pre-show. Like people upset that they missed it and made them want to go back and, and see it. So I think that that was a good thing. They should do more stuff like that on the pre-show. That's a really good. Like seeing Edge on the pre-show. That's a really good way to want someone to. If someone like canceled the network or didn't have the network, I think that would be a really good way teaser to want someone to get the show on the network. Um, if you have a huge star quality like that, like Edge, like a Hall of Famer on the pre-show, and he actually uh, uh, he actually got uh, uh, cleared to do the spear. Now, he's not going to come back and wrestle or anything, but he actually got medically cleared to spear Elias. So if you have that type of, type of star power on the pre-show, that would definitely – stuff like that are good teasers. Um to want someone to, you know, want to get the network. Um, yeah, that's a good point, Kimbo. Michael's asking, biggest impactful moment you had over the past week? I love when you, I love when you ask those questions. Um, most impactful moment I had over the past week. Um, most impactful moment. Uh, I think uh, I can't really think of one moment, like an impactful moment that I had. Um, I would say just on the fly thinking as far as an impactful moment over the past week. So from last Tuesday to this Tuesday, I would say, um, being able to serve at my church on Sunday, um, I do security at my church and, uh, it was really good. I, I got into some really, some really, really good conversations. Um, they were really, really edifying, and I was also pouring into a lot of people. So, there you go. Good question. Cody's asking, what do you think of The Fiend? His interest is match itself is the event to win. So, okay, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that as a part of the SmackDown Unpopular Opinions. Um, let's see. Uh, Bliss and Cross against the Iconics. That didn't make any sense to me. They're both heels. You, you're, 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 you know, both of them are heels and that's what you're kind of marketing them as heels. And so that was just weird. Um, Linton Natalia was a good match. Really good. I love everything about Goldberg and Ziggler. Um, it was great. It was great. I think it was a really good way to redeem Goldberg. I was a big fan of it. And by the way, side note, huge apologies of the, Frenzy, frenzied ending of the show last week. That was crazy. My my software had just start dropping frames and shut off, and it just and it hardly ever does that. Um, 
it was just crazy. I, I don't know why. I, I mean, my computer's new. I've only had it for a few months. Brand new computer. Um, so it wasn't like any memory issues because my memory's like super available. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. Interesting. Uh, what's up, Gabriel? Uh, thanks for stopping by, man. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It just happens. I mean, that's technical glitches, ladies and gentlemen. We're live, pal. And uh, I don't know what I don't know what happened. It was just absolutely crazy. <laughs> so it just started glitching and just crashed. I don't know. It was crazy. But YouTube might have had something to do with it too, um, as far as because YouTube's been acting up. Um, Rob is asking, uh, do you think it's dangerous? Uh, do you think it damages Natty to have her lose in Canada and have her home comp- country against her? Do you think they expected her to get a pop? They did expect her to get a pop. Uh, I bought it, um, jump to actually my wife bought it from me, uh, for me, uh, from, uh, Best Buy, I think. I think it's Best Buy. Um, but yeah, I mean, Natty's a utility player and it's unfortunate. Natty's like the female Dolph Ziggler. Let's be honest here. Um, she's a utility player. She's fantastic in the ring. She's, she's awesome. You know, I think she's Hall of Fame worthy as far as, uh, her legacy and just her accomplishments down the line, a little bit down the line. Um, but she's a utility player. She's WWE's female version of Dolph Ziggler. I was having a conversation with a, some good friends. Uh, I had a SummerSlam party over here, and we ended up talking wrestling until 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> we literally talked for wrestling. We, literally, we were talking about wrestling throughout the entire SummerSlam, and uh, we talked wrestling for about three and a half hours after SummerSlam was over. So it was uh, really some awesome conversations that I said, man, I wish we would have recorded this stuff um, and put it on video. But we're, we're, we've been talking, and that may happen sooner than later. Um, but I was like, I was like, yeah. Um, I was like, man, uh, uh, Bailey, she's she's like that too. She's kind of like the female Dolph Ziggler, but I think Natty is much more though. I think Natty is that Dolph Ziggler role, that utility player role. Um, Styles and Ricochet was good. Um, it really doesn't do much to Ricochet. Why would Ricochet? Why is Ricochet going back into the? I mean, he came back at the end. Why though? I mean, he lost cleanly to AJ Styles. He don't, you know, you don't get a title shot back. You don't get a title shot again. Um, Rob is asking, is Ember Moon heading to NXT Graveyard on the main roster? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that too with her. And I tweeted it. I tweeted just my total disappointment and just her losing cleanly to Charlotte. Charlotte does not need to be beating people like Ember Moon. You've been champion for what, six times, seven times? You are an established talent. You don't have to do anything but but, but, but put people over. It's funny because people spend so much time, well, Roman Reigns is getting shoved down the throats. But they, y'all don't do that to Charlotte Flair. What's the difference? It's, it's ridiculous. And don't say because she can wrestle because Roman Reigns can wrestle. We saw that with Buddy Murphy. It was a fantastic match. Roman Reigns, I mean, if you really clear, clear your lenses, clear your pre- presuppositional delusional lenses for a second, 
and say and actually look at Roman Reigns matches post like 2016, um, you would see that he. I mean, watch the match. Uh, one of his favorite matches, the Last Man Standing against Big Show. Uh, both the AJ Styles matches when AJ Styles uh, 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 debuted, the Daniel Bryan matches, the Chris Jericho matches, Seth Rollins matches, uh, uh, Del Rio, Sheamus. He's had matches. He's had some really good matches that people just um, don't want to admit, man. Reigns can, Reigns can go. Um, Bailey and Ember Moon, again, I mean, back to your your question, Rob. Um Man, I mean, a clean loss to Bailey, and then a clean loss to Charlotte. Just absolutely terrible booking. Why in the world would you you want to develop stars? And I and I tweeted this. I said this is the reason Ember Moon's very poor booking is the reasons why you always have to pull on legends. That's exactly why you have to always pull on legends because you have. An opportunity. Ember Moon, right for the picking. The fans are behind her. She gets pops. Ember Moon is over. They love her character. They love her in-ring work. They love the uh, Eclipse, one of the best finishers in all of professional wrestling. You have the total package. And what do you do with her? You have her lose cleanly against Bailey, and then you have her lose cleanly with no build at all against Charlotte. And it was nothing. It was a nothing match. I mean, she literally played the role of a jobber on SmackDown. It was frustrating to no end. That's the reason why you're pulling Trish Stratus from, you know, uh, uh, from retirement because you have a poor, terrible job actually developing talent. You could have had Ember Moon, and that's the reason why you're not having an evolution, too. People want to say, okay, well, I mean, Becky Lynch said, okay, we can do it without Ronda Rousey. I love Becky Lynch. But no, you can't because the WWE is doing such a poor job developing talent. It's excruciating to see. It's terrible. And seeing stuff like like Ember Moon and uh, Asuka's feud in NXT was so amazing. It was so amazing. I loved every minute of it. Watch that match between, you know, that feud between Ember Moon and Asuka. It was absolutely amazing. And don't let me, don't get me started on Asuka. I had this conversation uh, on Sunday. I said, you know what? Evolution 2 would be successful if Asuka was still undefeated. There's no doubt in my mind that Asuka's undefeated streak would have sold tickets to an Evolution 2. But guess what? We're going right back to Charlotte. Again, you guys don't criticize Charlotte. But guess guess who single-handedly ruined Asuka's uh, WWE uh, main roster tenure? Charlotte. She broke her streak at Mania 35, and she... Um, she uh, uh, won the title from her Weeks, you know, what the same week, the same week before Mania, the same the SmackDown before Mania, or two, one or two SmackDowns before Mania. So Charlotte Flair single was was the person that yanked Oscar's push or any type of uh, boost or any type of you know uh, uh, stock uh, that Oscar had on the main roster, and so 
you know, you, you you say stuff about that, but I mean, there's no need for Charlotte to for them to book Charlotte for that stuff. No need. People complain. Uh, Tammy uh, Rob, Rob is saying uh, people complain about Legends returning, but everyone seemed to welcome Trish. Kind of strange. Now, I agree. I, I I agree. It's 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 that weird WWE fans. Uh, like I said, like I said, it's con- in the conversation I had at SummerSlam, I was like, you know what? And I've said this on the show before. F- fans nowadays, they need to be like Triple H, man. Watch some old tapes and just understand. Just you know, wrestling's not real. It's it's fake. It's it's choreographed. It's staged. So just enjoy it for what it is. Enjoy the characters. Chain wrestling don't draw money. Characters draw money, and you're you know that's why people get injured because they're so you know they're so fixated on this chain wrestling you know and and we saw it and, and my my point was proved so much um, today and at SummerSlam but on SmackDown I forgot what the I forgot what it was I think it was Orton when he was attacking New Day it was just. It was insatiable. Fans, they don't get satisfied with anything. That's why it's so spot-heavy. They were saying, one more time, one more time. And I'm like, uh, that is exactly my point. That's the reason why you have to you have to do 15 false finishes before the match is over. That's the reason why the super kick doesn't have the potency like it does anymore. That's the reason why the stunner doesn't have the potency like it does anymore. Because the fans always want more and the false, like we've been conditioned to think that you have to have 18 uh, false finishes <laughs> before, <laughs> before a match is even good. And that is terrible. We've been, we've been conditioned just terrible, just absolutely terrible. Um, terribly. Um Let's see any more Ask Chris questions. Hashtag Ask Chris. There has to be a joke here. How many legends will take it? Will it take to get Seth Rollins over? <laughs> That's a, I, I, yeah, I've I've said that, man. I, I'm just not a fan. I, I'm not a fan of many. I'm a fan of mid-card uh, intercontinental title Seth Rollins, but main event Seth Rollins is just not cutting it for me. Uh, Kimbo's asking why would they have why would they have Charlotte be Trish and did not add any development to her character agree uh, Charlotte has already accomplished more than Trish this could have been used for a new talent 100% agree with that 100 100% agree with that and and here's the thing if they were going to have um, Charlotte beat Trish do it to put Ember Moon over see if if I can't stand this weekly crap booking. Like, and again, another another thing I brought up in, in my conversation. I said, "Listen, here's the here's the problem, because they're trying to solidify Charlotte as the best of all time. She had to be Trish. I think that's a terrible angle. That's a horrible angle. Because they're trying to solidify Charlotte as the best of all time. She had to be Trish. That is terrible, man. Absolutely terrible. Nobody cares about Charlotte being the best of all time. You have to like." Again, that's the reason why you're pulling on legends to make stuff interesting. And again, like I said, uh, when I was talking about in the conversation I was having, 
Um, you you have to get to a point where you're pulling on legends. You're not, uh, yeah. The the the, the it doesn't feel authentic. And that's one of the biggest issues that I have with WWE product is it doesn't feel authentic. It feels like, like for instance, it feels like I'm a teacher and I assigned a uh, uh, um, end of the semester project. And I said, okay, this is worth 500 points. This is the final grade. Um, you know, you, you have, and I, and I tell them about it at the beginning of the semester. So you have, what like four months so you have you know four months to work on this final project 500 points you know it's 500 points you know it's you know the you know big chunk chunk of your grade you know you've known this for four months and i'm the teacher and you come and you have to do an oral presentation as well as a written presentation so you come in and you do the oral presentation me as the teacher can feel that you've put this together for last minute. And that's exactly what WWE product feels like. It feels like I'm the teacher. They're coming to present me a product and it feels like they've put, put it together last minute. And as opposed to, you know, WWE booking in the past, it feels like they put a lot of time in developing storylines, developing characters. Look at, Look at uh, Hogan versus Savage. Hogan versus Savage. Hogan wins the uh, the tournament in '88. Hogan's, uh, I mean, uh, Savage wins the, t- the uh, tournament in '88 to become champ. Uh, uh, and then um, Hogan's by Savage's side. And then throughout the entire year, the Mega Powers. Mega powers, the handshake, mega powers, mega powers, yeah, <laughs> and the handshake, and then there's some dissension with Elizabeth, and that leads to, um, you know, the the the, the mega powers explode, and then, um, you know, WrestleMania five, nineteen eighty nine, and just you felt it, man, you this this felt like the mega powers explode feels it felt authentic it felt like there was a lot of time put into it and i was sucked in the whole time you can't suck me into something you just uh you you can't suck me into a storyline that just create that was just created last week and now you want to put it on the pay-per-view you you can't draw me in that way there's no way, and that's the reason why people just aren't interested. People are, you know, they're losing interest because listen, the pay per view is supposed to culminate a feud, and you're you're slapping on an angle and place it on the pay per view and say, okay, here you go, here's the presentation. Hope you like it. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> there's a lot to be desired because it feels artificial. It feels artificial, and that's exactly how it's been nowadays, uh, unfortunately. Uh, all right, so let's get back to SummerSlam. Um, uh, Charlotte and Trish, we just talked about that. Kofi and Randy Orton. Um, you know, like I said, I'm a big Kofi fan, but people, uh, you know, he's the flavor of the month, unfortunately. That's, the, that's how the fans are. 
They'll lock you for a second, and then they'll toss you out. Um, I still think there's a lot of equity in stock in Kofi Kingston. I just think that he needs to um, – that finish was very whack. I agree. Um, and especially for a SummerSlam, especially for the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. That was t- just absolutely terrible. Um, they'll probably have Orton beat Kofi leading into – uh, leading it to uh, the Fox move, and they'll probably I can see a Roman versus Randy feud because they want that star power for the Fox uh, move. So I can definitely see Orton beating Kofi, and then uh, Roman um, trying to get the title from Orton. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think I, I think the issue is that um, they're not building Kofi properly. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Kofi fan. He's one of my favorites. One of my favorites, hands down. I've been a New Day fan since day one. You can ask my friends. They couldn't stand New Day. They thought it was going to go nowhere. And I was the only one cheering for New Day. So that's how loyal I've been to New Day. And, uh, I mean, man, they've been poor, uh, booking them poorly. Um, so hopefully, I mean, I don't see Kofi's title run uh lasting much longer but here's the thing he's been champ for four and a half months though i mean you can't really complain about that almost four and a half months so that you know that's that's awesome um that's a that's a huge accomplishment uh bray and finn um okay so we're going to talk about bray and finn um seth and lesnar let's talk about seth lesnar first and we'll end with bray and finn we'll, we'll reverse that um, I, I, you know, I, I said before, I, I didn't like the Seth one. I think, I think resetting it to Seth Rollins, it just doesn't, to me, just doesn't have it. Um, just doesn't have that star power as a main event baby face. He fits very well when he has it like the hour long gauntlet match. That's a very mid card workhorse intercontinental championship type of move. He got super over doing that. I really liked the feud that he had with uh, uh, over the Intercontinental Championship with the Miz and the Triple Threat with Finn Balor. I was a big fan of that too. Um, so I'm cool with that, um, Seth Rollins, but not the not the main event Seth Rollins. Just uh, bland for me, definitely. Um, Lesnar made him look like a million bucks though, and the thing is, it's like man, you have this is just weird to me. Like it took Roman people again, people crap on Roman Reigns, but it took him four years to be, to beat Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins beat him two times in the span of four months. Cleanly beat him two times in the span of four months. So that is really, really weird to me. All right. So the fiend, um, I, I, I wasn't, it didn't wow me. It didn't. I didn't. I didn't go yowie wowie. Honestly, I didn't go yowie wowie. I was not a fan of the music. I liked. I liked the look. I liked the mask look. I, 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 I'm glad that he kept the mask on. I think that's. A, I think that's a very good way to change him up. But the thing is, I mean, I like the fact that he was kind of jerking because it's like good versus evil. You know, hate love versus hate type of thing. I, I, I like that. Um, but I mean, I wish that he would have, first of all, I wish that he would have absolutely squashed Finn. That didn't help. 
I wish that he would have kept his jacket on uh, because the single, the, you know, the, 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 the pants are cool. Uh, you know, he looks much better shape wise. Um, but I don't know, just, there's something just missing to me about the, about the, the, the gear. Uh, I like, I liked it when he kept the jacket on. I mean, he's like, I think he should, uh, I think he should have kept the jacket on. Um, it made him look darker. Um, and I think that the music didn't cut it for me. I, I wish that it was more darker, like super dark. Like you want to make him the fiend. Like you don't want any type of, uh, uh, strumming guitars or lots of, uh, drums or anything like that. You just, you want to make it darker than the first one was. And this one isn't, this one, this one, this one wasn't as dark as the first one, the, 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 uh, I'm really big on theme music too. Um, and I don't, I, and I don't think that this was, I'm, I'm not sold on it yet. I, I, I could be, uh, if I hear it more, if I hear it more, but, but I, 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 yeah, I wasn't sold, honestly. I, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't yowie wowie toward, uh, toward this debut. I, I, I was anticipating it. Um, but I was like, you know what, man, I, I don't like it. I don't like the music. Like if they really want to make him a dark fiend, let me in character that let me in. I mean, that music didn't, sc- didn't scream like let me in type of dark darkness to it. Um, Eliza asking what type of dark music WD? WWE can't play copyrights anymore. I would like Slipknot. No, no, I'm not talking about like rock music or anything like that. I would like something dark, like something just like really, like kind of, um, just just really uh, not not a lot of highs in it. Just really low and mysterious and just a, just a dark, dark song. And um. Like mankind, no, not. Either. I mean, like, I I like the the alteration of the song with the same lyrics and stuff like that. But I wish that it was like not because uh, they WWE has this guitar strumming EDM feel to a lot of their songs. I know, like CFOs, like make most of their stuff now, just about all of their stuff. And they're more of an EDM style, uh, um, high, high guitar, um, type of, type of group. And that's cool for like a lot of the NX, like for instance, Undisputed Era is still my favorite song, uh, in, in WWE right now. But, um, but I mean, and, and that's, that's kind of like their niche. um, Boogeyman had a creepy theme. He did. He did. Yeah, I, I just really can't put my finger on what I what I want as far as dark. I just had to. I just have to hear it. But what I heard wasn't it, though. It would. It would like if it just wasn't it. Um, oh, like uh, like uh, Papa Shango. Like pop. There it is. Papa Shango is very dark. Like a very dark style like 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 when i was a kid papa shango's music 
scared the daylights out of me. And that's what I want. That's what it should have been. Like, like his music was, was it that, that that's what I'm talking about. Um, like takers, not so much. Um, cause it was a, you know, graveyard style theme. It, it fit him perfectly, but, um, but it didn't fit. I mean, that's not, that's not, that's not it though for me. Uh, but yeah, Papa Shango is, is what I'm looking for. Um, yeah, I miss Jim Johnson too. So, all right, that's, that's, uh, that's what I feel about SmackDown. I went longer than I expected it, but, uh, it felt, you know, that's, that's good. Uh, I, that's my SmackDown review. I didn't, I haven't done this. I didn't do a SmackDown review. So, um, yeah, that, I'm going to share that. All right, trivia. <laughs> What are we, uh, over an hour in and my first trivia question. You guys, come on, guys. I told you to keep me accountable on that. Uh, who managed S.A. Rios when he debuted in 2000? Who managed S.A. Rios when he debuted in 2000? All right. Um, we're going to talk briefly about these headlines. Eli. Nice. Lita. Or as a... Um, <laughs> Lee, good job. Brandon, good job. Um, or as coach would say, Lita. Uh, all right, so uh, I think it's time for the headlines, man. You ready for some headlines? Let's do this. Headlines. Here we go. Kota Ibushi wins the G1 Climax. Um, I like this move. I like this move. Um, I I like Kota Ibushi. I wish that he would have won it last year, though, because um, I said this. I, I wanted a Golden Lovers match at uh, Russell Kingdom. Kota Ibushi against Okada. I guess it makes sense because Ibushi beat Okada in the G1, so you can you can kind of sell that. But Okada's the man. Okada, Okada's my favorite wrestler in New Japan, and he is he's the guy. He's like the John Cena of uh, of New Japan. Um, yeah, Rob, I'm talking about that now. I did follow the I did follow the G1, um, and yeah, I think uh, I think Kota is a, is a good move. But like I said, I wish that it was last year because I wanted a Golden Lovers match. I think a Golden Lovers match at Wrestle Kingdom had so much storyline built into it already that it would have been super dope. <clears throat> but I don't see I don't see much of a storyline with Kota Ibushi and Okada other than like I said, other than the fact that Kota beat Okada in the G one and so they can kinda of do that as far as uh kind of sell that. Both of them are baby faces. Both of them are huge baby faces, two of the top baby faces in, in New Japan. So I don't see the, either one of them turning heel. Uh, it would be a bad move if either one of them did turn heel, especially with, with Kenta joining the uh, Bullet Club. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, the match is going to be fantastic. The match is going to be amazing. Um, but, yeah, I just don't I don't see the story – um, being interesting as far as building me up to it. I'm all about the story. 
always say 70-30. 70% of what happens outside the ring, 30% of what happens inside the ring. If I'm not, if not, if I'm not, uh, if I'm not spoiled, I mean, if, if spoiled, uh, Eli would say, um, if, if I'm not sold, um, before the match, I'm not going to be sold after the match. Now, during the match, the match would probably be amazing, but to me, the way to sell me as far as thinking about a match after it happens is what happens before it. Like, I want to see a story. I want to see a storyline develop. I want to see a storyline either culminate or continue. I'm not, I don't remember amazing matches much. Um, even Savage and Steamboat, which is one of the best matches in WrestleMania history, that still had a really good storyline that was built up. Um, and, 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 and Savage was an amazing heel <clears throat> to Steamboat's you know, ultimate baby face mentality. You have to have that dynamic. You have to have a good face and a heel. Kimbo's asking what I think about Drew and Cedric match. I think was, I thought it was good. I thought it was a really good match. Um, again, I'm not sold on it because it's just a good match. Uh, you know, now what? You know, so the match was good for, for what it was worth. It, it, the match was good for sure, but I need some story. Rob is asking, do you know when Marty Scrolls contract is up and when do you think he signs next? I um tweet me about that. Tweet me about that. I can find that out for I can find that out. Um so yeah, as far as Kenta joining the Bullet Club, yeah, I mean I I, mean, I don't think they would have had anything else to do with them. So it wasn't terrible. It's just that the Bullet Club is just not like it used to be. I mean, I like I like Fale. Fale is still one of the founding members. Uh, Tama Tonga's uh, one of the uh, original members. Well, he's one of the he he joined early. Um, as far as original, you got Fale, Carl Anderson, and uh, Devitt, Prince Devitt, Finn Balor. Um, but Tama Tonga joined uh, early on. Um, so you still have Tama Tonga and Bad Luck Fale as far as like. You know, um, early and original members, and then you have Jay White, which to me doesn't still. I mean, still, he's been in the Bullet Club for a while now, but I still Jay White still doesn't. I don't feel Jay White in the Bullet Club. Um, Jado and Gato, I'm okay with that, just because they're you know, um backstage, you know, execs and they've been in a while they've been around for a long time. Um who else is in the bullet club? Uh Chase Owens. Yeah. I don't does nothing for me. Absolutely. I mean he's decent in the ring for sure, but him is him in the bullet club doesn't do anything for me. Uh who else is in the bullet club now? I think that's it, isn't it? Um, you've got Tama Tonga, Tonga Lord, Bad Luck Fale, Kenta, Jay White, Jado, Gato, and Chase Owens. Eight people? That's it, right? That's the the Bullet Club we have uh, now. It's, uh, oh, um, uh, oh, gosh. 
junior junior uh, was uh, he was in the junior he was he was junior champ Peter Jack and Lee. Um, what's his name? Yeah, Bone Soldier. But what's his name though? Uh, t- um, oh, t- it's uh, right on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> it's right on the t- he's. I think he's decent um, as a part of him. Uh, Ishimori. Oh, that's his name. Yes, yes, Ishimori. Um, I was like, well, I gotta find this. Um, yeah, I already said G.O.D. Uh, Tama Tonga and Tonga Laura. Uh, yeah, Ishimori. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's a good junior member. Uh, you know, he's he's a good member for the junior division, but I don't know. And, uh, Yujiro uh, still part of Takahashi? Is he still part of the Bullet Club? I know that they split and then him and Chase and then they went back. Is Takahashi still part of the uh, Bullet Club? Um, let's see. Takahashi's still the part of it? He's back? Okay. Thanks, Tammy. So you have like 10 members now then. Um. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because uh, at the World Tag League, I remember seeing that when him and Chase Owens came back. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Hikaleo. Yeah, he is. He is a part of it. See, I mean, it's, and again, it's just like, oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, him too. Oh yeah, like. That's the point. Like, <laughs> I'm not even remembering a lot of the. Uh, yeah, exactly. B- bottom line, Bullet Club is dead. I'm forgetting most of the members. They didn't have the star power. I think Kenta could bring it, but it's still, to me, Kenta doesn't have a mouthpiece enough to be that Bullet Club, like, heel leader. Uh, Jay White ish. Yeah. But it's really hard shoes to fill when you have um, Devitt, AJ Styles, and Kenny Omega. That's um, really hard shoes to fill as far as finding a, a, a leader for the group. Uh, they are the LWO right now. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Sting! The man they call Sting. He's coming back. For the SmackDown 20th anniversary. Now, here's the thing. This is why I wanted to talk about uh, Sting. Now, I said this before on the show, and this may happen. I don't know how I feel about it. Still, okay. Um, they may. It, this is total speculation. There's no reports going out about this. This is total speculation. So, the Undertaker's scheduled for this um the 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 uh smackdown 20 year reunion uh, or 20 year anniversary on october 4th let's see what other names are confirmed um taker flair sting foley hogan book booker t trish is uh will be there goldberg and kurt angle so those are the names so far Confirmed for the uh, SmackDown reunion 
Um, a New Japan NWO. Well, you already had a New Japan NWO, um, Eli, when NWO was going around. I interviewed um, Scott Norton about that, and also I interviewed uh, the fake Sting. The um, I, I interviewed him about that too. Really, really interesting stuff. Uh, oh, Sonata, Sonata are even a huge um, coup to give them life and maybe um, evil lead. No, I still don't think he's a good enough mouthpiece. Moxley take over Bullet Club. Now I'll be more, I'll be much, yeah, I'll be much more sold in that of Moxley taking over the Bullet Club as a leader because he definitely has a mouthpiece. He's definitely good in the ring. Yeah. Yeah, if Moxley stayed in Japan, but he's an AD, but he's an AEW guy though. And I definitely don't want to see them doing what they did ROH, like the American version of the Bullet Club. I mean, that's one of the reasons why they started to dwindle so much. They kind of had like NWO and NWO like B team, uh, and then you then you had two versions. You know, when with Cody and the Bucks, and you know the go uh, the the um, the elite and all that. And, uh, and then you had, you know, the, like the Fale's and the Tomatongas, Tongaloas. And then when they split, like uh, when they attacked Cody and they, it just, it was just too oversaturated. And then Jay White's edition was weird to me. Still is weird. Um, I think you just need a complete overhaul. Moxley would be really, really good. Um, but yeah, um, uh, he's with AEW. I don't want to see the Bullet Club in AEW by no stretch of the imagination. Don't want to see Bullet Club in AEW. All right, let's get back to Sting. Um, let's get back to Sting. So Sting is uh, he's confirmed to be a part of the 20 year anniversary. And again, this could lead. This could. It could lead. To Sting versus Taker at Saudi, because uh, Saudi's supposed to be at the end of October, and I and I said it before. I said I don't want it at WrestleMania because you know that uh, they'll they'll say okay, we don't want Taker to lose three times, um, and we don't you know we're done with the streak matches at SummerSlam. I mean at WrestleMania, so you do it at Saudi. So, I don't know. I'll be more interested in seeing it if it was at a Saudi than a WrestleMania. Because if it was at WrestleMania, there's no doubt in my mind that Sting loses. No doubt in my mind. But like I said before, Sting's WWE tenure has been so jaded. It's been so terrible. So, booked so terribly. And like I said before, he was a pawn to a match that never happened which was he lost to Triple H to uh, be a launch pad to Triple H versus Rocket 32. And that, and that never happened. So pray for me. I'm still bitter about that. <laughs> um, uh, but seriously, though, I, I, it, it was a bad call to do that. I mean, it's not like they foreshadowed Rock not being able to go. But at the same time, they shouldn't have used Sting in that capacity in the first place. So I was very upset about that. 
And it just it jacked him up. And then he, you know, went against Seth Rollins. He put Seth Rollins over. You know what I mean? So he just he, – he's had such a terrible WWE stint that watching him in another match, unless they're doing – you know, it's the year of redeeming the legends, okay? Undertaker got redemption at Extreme Rules, which was a really good match. Goldberg got redemption at SummerSlam, which was good, a good segment. Let's then get his redemption by beating The Undertaker at Saudi Arabia. Super uh, Crown Jewel 2, I think is what they want to call it. So we have Sting beat Taker. <laughs> Dolph versus Sting. I'll be okay with that, Kimbo, actually. I'll be cool with Dolph versus Sting. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll you know, if... If I don't, if Sting doesn't get any type of redemption for a bad WWE career, if he does not win the match, do not book him in another match. It would just be even much worse than what it was before. All right, next trivia question. Randy Savage lost a blank in a retirement match at WrestleMania 7. WrestleMania, uh, uh, Randy Savage lost to blank in a retirement match at WrestleMania 7. <laughs> no, he didn't lose to Ric Flair at WrestleMania 7. He didn't lose to Bret Hart either. There it is, Brandon. They are Tomato Warrior. All right, so next we have uh, Samoa Joe. Uh, so, of course, they were some, um, there was some rumor. I mean, there there were some, you know, discussions of him possibly turning babyface, and that was all just speculation from social media. I mean, he, uh, you know, uh, the, the wrestling observers reporting that uh, that was just a that was just a way to um, feud against uh, Sami Zayn during the uh, uh, during the uh, uh, um, Canada, when they were in Canada. So so Sami Zayn had the the pop and and all that, and and so. They had Samoa Joe just kind of, you know, kind of damper the pop. And so that's why he cut the promo afterwards just to say, you know, I'm a heel, basically, is where the promo came from. So, yeah, um, I really want to see Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns as a tag team. I, I think, I, like I said before, I said on Twitter, I said, I think it's a good look. I like what I see when it comes to. Um, Samoa Joe versus uh, Andy Roman Reigns as uh, as babyface acting. Uh, Eli saying Samoa Joe fits better as a heel. He hasn't. He hasn't. Samoa Joe has been a glorified jobber to the stars as a heel. I mean, come on now. Like he's he's had a terrible heel run on the main roster. He's had some big. You know, he's had he's been in some big matches, but there's no. I mean. What else is there to do with Samoa Joe that we haven't seen? You know, he puts people over. He gets in matches. He puts people over. As a heel, he has not worked. So I like I like the look of Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns. Unfortunately, they'll probably just still have him be a heel, lose to people, and expect him to gain any credibility. So I don't like it. Um. They need a Samoan faction. Uh, 
Not as heels though. I mean, you've already got you've already got a heel faction. You've already got the OC. So I think I'd be okay with Finn Balor. And this is down the line though. I've already gave my thoughts on where I, what I what I want to do with with Finn Balor. So, um, yeah. So that's that's how I feel about. Uh, yeah, where is AOP? That's a good question. <laughs> he changed the circus music for Joe. Oh, that was worse. You remember his original music uh, when he came in NXT? It was horrible, man. Like it really made Samoa Joe look uh, like a bumbling fool, uh, and totally not who you know his character is or should be. I'm glad they changed that music quickly. Cody's asking. Um, do you see Roman being the baby face for the rest of his career like Cena? No, I think they'll probably pull the the, the uh, trigger as far as a heel turn, but I don't, I wouldn't see I don't see a heel turn being long though. Yeah, I, I wouldn't see it being too long. Yeah, you know, I, I think he'll eventually he's going to be a baby face for a long time. If he does pull a Cena, I can see that happening. I can see them. I can see him pulling a a Cena with Roman Reigns, but I but I won't totally uh, rule out them possibly turning um, turning Roman Reigns heel for for a little bit. All right, that's the headlines for today. Um, let's talk about. Uh, we're going to jump into the flavor of the week actually and talk about some Night of Champions. Uh, give me a Raw and uh, SmackDown grades. We talked about SmackDown a lot as far as my disdain of Ember Moon's push right now. Um, talked about Ricochet appearing on Raw. Didn't make sense to me. Talked about Sasha Banks. Um, talked about the Cedric and uh, Drew match. I don't know what in the world they're doing with uh, Rey Mysterio. Um, I don't know. Uh, there, there's an out clause on this uh, contract. So um, he may be leaving. Uh, is it true that Seth and Becky are going on a two-week vacation now? Um, I don't know. Could be. <laughs> it could be. Uh, Brandon Rossi, SmackDown. See, I know Finn. Finn's going to be out for a couple months. Um, yeah. I mean, good to see Braun back. There's actually, oh, yeah, the Kabuki Warriors losing against Bliss and Cross. But again, Again, no build, just a regular match. This, I mean, they just ruin. I mean, how in the world could you ruin two of the most over baby faces in NXT? You got, you got it handed to you. You got. We want the. We want to cheer these people. Handed it to you, and you ruined it. You ruined Oscar. You ruined Kyrie Sane. Why bring Kyrie Sane to the main roster if you're just going to sabotage her character right when she goes up? Absolutely terrible, man. That's the reason why I was very disappointed with Raw and SmackDown both this this uh, this week. Um, and we talked about most. I mean, the New Day losing again. I mean, like, what, what are you doing? They're champions. It's terrible. Just for me. Um, just I would say C minus for for both. Both of them were just very disappointing to me, honestly. 
Robert's asking, uh, please predict the direction of Sean Benjamin. I know you can't, sir. <laughs> I should uh, answer that question like Sean Benjamin. <laughs> that's why. That's why. For all those who are listening via audio, I did the Sean Benjamin uh, rolling your eyes in the space look. Um. <laughs> um all right, so uh, yeah, Smack, Raw and SmackDown grades, guys. Like I said, uh, C minus for both of them for for me. I wasn't very very interested in, uh, in 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 Raw or SmackDown. I was disappointed with both, actually. Let's talk some Night of Champions 2007. Um, uh, one of y'all's favorite parts of the show is to hear the flavor of the week. Uh, <laughs> so. Before I do that, I'm going to ask another trivia question. Thoughts on Velveteen Dream, Michael's asking. I think he's fantastic. Um, he's uh, my favorite in um, in NXT. Uh, I think that he should be – I think he should drop the title at uh, Royal Rumble weekend. And I think that he should win the um, NXT championship at Mania weekend. That's my thoughts on him. Well, I'll be doing an AEW post show. Um, I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe jump to. Perhaps. Chris Prolific, tweet me. Perhaps. Who's getting called up? I don't think anybody's getting called up now with the um, NXT going to two hours on FS1. Uh, I want to remind you of something right down there. You see that? www.patreon.com. Slash pancakes and power stamp donate guys really appreciate uh your donations of keeping this uh keep this show you know as uh uh, uh as good as it is presentation wise what I think about takeover Kimbo says oh, okay I didn't talk about takeover <laughs> thank you Kimbo uh takeover is good um el Shroud Eo Shirai versus Candice LeRae was really good. Um, the second half kind of went down to me. The first half was really good. I really loved the fact that they had the Street Profits go over Undisputed Era. Um, real big fan of that. Love the Street Profits. Love the Eo Shirai match and uh, Candice um, LeRae. I, I like the, uh, the the NXT um, North American Championship match that was that was good. Shayna Baszler and Mia Yim did nothing for me, and then uh, the the last match, uh, Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole. It was a good match, but I'm just again, it's just um, I'm just tired of seeing that feud. It was just uh, and plus we've just we've seen Gargano and Takeover main events for like the past 18 years, so Gargano main event takeovers. To me, it's just like, eh, you know, I, I want to see somebody new um, have that spot. So, all right, next trivia question. This person was known in WWE as the ultimate opportunist. Um, Johnny Wrestling going to SmackDown, but I would like to see him fight for the tag team titles. I wouldn't, Eli. He just, I don't, I don't see, I like Johnny Gargano. I've interviewed him before. Um, Good job, Cody. Edge. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we saw with in the Royal Rumble how 
much just people. Like he dwarfed, you know, people. Like people dwarfed him. And um, he was just super small compared to like average looking guys. So uh, Vince Man will see that very, very quickly. And uh, I don't see him going too far in the main roster. Although they did push him and Ciampa for a little bit when they were, um, when they showcased him, him and Ciampa. So he didn't look too bad, but I definitely don't see them doing too much with uh, Gargano. All right, yeah, two hundred five live. I, I see that for sure, but I don't. I definitely don't see that as a promotion, though. Um, yeah, I agree, uh, Cody. I talked about that in the pre-show, and I was, I was happy to see him take a, uh, you know, do that bump too. All right, flavor of the week time, ladies and gentlemen. You know what time it is. Let's do this. It is now time for the flavor of the. Okay, so I'll give you a couple of songs on the PMP playlist for this one. Here's a here's a new one. Hope you guys like it. Um, let's see. All right, there we go. All right, let's do. Champions 2007. Of course, we saw uh, 2007 Night of Champions is most notable for the unfortunate Benoit incident. And um, the, the match cha- changed to Ni- Johnny Nitro versus CM Punk. Um, but yeah, I think overall, I mean, there was, it was a solid car, though. Uh, yeah, Chavo defeating Jimmy Wayne Yang, Caden Murdoch defeating the Hardy Boys. Super crazy being Carlito and uh, singles match, uh, dark match. That was interesting. Uh, <laughs> Eli, you're funny. Um, let's see. Uh, then we had a. Uh, that's funny too, bro. Uh, Eli said, "I can't. I can't with you, Chris, with the two thousand RB vibes, bro." Uh, Rob says, "I can play the song with my feet." Um, Montel uh, MVP defeating Ric Flair uh, Attaining the U.S. title That was interesting Deuce and Domino defeating Jimmy Snooker and Sergeant Slaughter That's going to happen on the Legends thing um, Edge and Batista Countout Candice Michelle defeating Molina To win the Women's Championship And then John Cena Brought that back uh, defeated uh, Lashley Booker Foley and Orton in a five pack challenge. And, uh, that was uh, called the WWE Championship Challenge. 2008, you had, um, yeah, Kimbo, thanks, man. So inspired is what he said. Uh, Jeff Hart defeating MVP, dark match. Morrison and Miz defeating Finley and Hornswoggle. What in the world? Forgot all about that. Bam Neely with uh, Chavo Guerrero. He loses against Matt Hardy. Um, retains the United States Championship. Uh, Matt Hardy, Matt Mark Henry defeated Kane. The Big Shot in the triple threat match for the ECW Championship. I remember that match. That match was actually pretty cool to watch. 
Uh, oh, when uh, this is when uh, Cody turned on uh, Hardcore Holly uh, to side with Ted DiBiase to win the tag team championships. Ted DiBiase, man, so that that means that he I remember that that he was trying to get Cody he was trying to get Cody in the mix. Um. And that was, yeah, that was that was really interesting. I, I like that few, though. I like the setup for that, actually. Um, yeah, I was a big fan of that. So, uh, let's see what else. Uh, I, I got another. I got some more PNP playlist music for y'all. Here's another one. Um, yeah, you were a tribal girl and family. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's funny. Um, what else we have? Defeating Batista to retain the World Heavyweight Championship and the Triple H defeating John Cena. That match was pretty good, actually. Oh, uh, Kofi Kingston won their Intercontinental Championship with the uh, Night of Champions 2008. Beat Chris Jericho. Mickey James defeated Katie Lee Burchill. Interesting. Time defeating the Heart Dynasty. I do remember that match. Jiren Show defeating the Legacy uh, to retain the Unified Titles. The Legacy, uh, Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase. Christian won the ECW Championship from Tommy Dreamer. Um, Kofi Kingston uh, retaining the U.S. Championship in a six-pack challenge. I like this match, actually. And Primo was in. Primo, Carlito, Jack Swagger, the Miz, and MVP. Michelle Baku def- uh, retained the uh, championship, the women's championship, by defeating Melina. Triple threat match. This match is actually pretty good. I remember this match. Um, Randy Orton uh, defeating John Cena, Triple H, and Triple Threat. That match was actually a really good match. I Mickey James defeating Maurice to win the uh, Divas Championship. Ray Mysterio retaining the Intercontinental Championship uh, against Dolph Ziggler with Maria. I forgot that Maria was with Dolph Ziggler. Yikes. Very interesting. And then uh, Jeff Hardy winning the uh, World Heavyweight Championship by beating CM Punk. 2010. Uh, Morrison defeating Ted DiBiase in the dark match. Dolph Ziggler retaining the Defeating Kofi Kingston. He took a break around the <laughs> King Kimbo. Uh, Big Show defeating Punk. Um, Daniel Bryan winning the uh, U.S. title from The Miz. With Alex Riley. A Lumberjill match to unify the uh, uh, Women's Championship and the Divas Championship. I was mad about this. Yeah, Vince <laughs> rewrite SmackDown. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, yeah, it was Drew and yeah, I, remember, I was upset that they unified the uh, Divas, that, that they made the Divas Championship the championship. I was not happy about that at all. Um, Kane defeating the Undertaker and No Holds Bar for the World Heavyweight Championship. I remember that. I believe that was the vegetative thing angle, right? Um, that was really interesting that they made Kane like the guy on uh, SmackDown at the time, beating Rey Mysterio with the Money in the Bank. 
Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes last eliminated Evan Bourne and Matt, uh, Mark Henry to uh, uh, win the uh, tag team turmoil match. Uh, the tag team championship. And then uh, Orton defeating Sheamus, Barrett, Cena, Edge, and Jericho in a six-pack elimination challenge match to win the um, WWE Championship. So, all right, 2011. 2011, you had uh, Daniel Bryan defeating Heath Slater by submission. Interesting. Era Boom defeating the awesome truth by disqualification to retain the uh, tag team championship. Cody Rhodes retaining the Intercontinental Championship by defeating Ted DiBiase. <clears throat> yeah, this, I remember this is a point where we thought that Ted DiBiase was going to be the one who like stands out on the, uh, the legacy, but ended up being Cody uh, at this time, at least. Uh, Dolph Ziggler defeating Alex Riley, Jack Swagger, and John Morrison to retain the U.S. title. Mark Henry, uh, yeah, definitely remember this one. Mark Henry, uh, the the uh, um, Hall of Pain, winning the World Heavyweight Championship from uh, Randy Orton. Kelly Kelly defeating Beth Phoenix to retain the Divas title. Um, John Cena defeating Alberto Del Rio to win the WWE Championship. And Triple H defeating uh, CM Punk. No title match. Uh, this basically just was the end of the summer of Punk. It was like a no DQ match for the. What was that stake with Triple H being COO? That was just. It was terrible. 2012, uh, Zack Ryder defeating Tenzai. Wow. Interesting name. Uh, got Albert Chance early on. The Miz defeating Cody Rose, uh, Remsdale, Sin Cara to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Daniel Bryan and Kane defeating Kofi and Orange Truth to win the uh, Tag Team Championship. Remember that. Cesaro uh, retaining the U.S. Championship against uh, Zack Ryder. Orton defeating Ziggler in a singles match. Eve uh, Torres winning the uh, the Divas Championship from Layla. Um, Sheamus retaining the title from uh, retaining the World Heavyweight Championship from Alberto De Rio and CM Punk um, and uh, Cena end up in the draw. Uh, and then lastly, 2013, primetime players uh, won a tag team four Memorial match to uh, uh, number one contenders for the tag team championship. Curtis Axel is Paul Heyman guy. Uh, defending Kofi Kingston keeps the IC title. AJ keeps the uh, Divas Championship by beating uh, Brie Bella, Naomi, and Natalia. RVD defeating uh, Alberto Rio by disqualification. That was his World Heavyweight Championship spot. Um, Miz defeating Fandango. Axel and Heyman defeating CM Punk. I remember that. Yes. Ambrose uh, defeating Dolph Ziggler to retain the U.S. title. The Shield defeating the primetime players to retain the tag team titles. And then Daniel Bryan defeating uh, Randy Orton uh, for the uh, WWE Championship. That was pretty cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got to roll. On behalf of uh, uh, all of you awesome people, the PNP Nation, this is uh, 385 episodes in the books. Special thanks to George South. 
Uh, we zoomed through the night of champions just six years of it, so that was pretty cool. Uh, we'll do the other half uh, next week. It's been a pleasure, guys. So much fun. I really appreciate you all. Uh, 385 episodes of the book. Uh, have I done the podcast talking about the 1992 Rumble? If not, can we? I love that idea. I might have, but remind me. Um, I like that idea. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for uh, joining 385 episodes. We're going to lay it in the plane, ladies and gentlemen. Until next week, God bless. Enjoy your week of rest, and always remember, I'll do it for you. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.